Hey all you heavenly humans, I'm Mandile and welcome to And Other Things, a podcast about navigating life, learning from past experiences, embracing growing pains and laughing along the way. Meet me right here every week for thoughtful conversation, challenging discussion and an all-round great time. Hey y'all, happy Monday. Today is a special day because it's my little brother's birthday. So wherever you are, please join me in wishing Mandla a happy 13th birthday. He's officially a teen and oh, I literally cannot deal. Mandla, if you're listening to this, you probably aren't, but know that I love you so much and I miss you so, so much. Words cannot describe. Okay, birthday wishes aside, let's talk party of the week. And the award goes to reparations, the big payback. So this week, as we are talking about interracial friendships, I thought it was only fitting to highlight a podcast that tackles one of my favorite race-related topics, and that is reparations. The podcast is hosted by Erica Alexander, who some of you may know as one of my all-time favorite TV characters, Maxine Shaw, attorney at law in one of my all-time favorite shows, Living Single, and her co-host is Whitney Dow. They explore what reparations are, who gets them, who gets to get them, and the cases for and against them. I love this podcast so, so much. And even though they typically only talk about reparations from the standpoint or the viewpoint of descendants of enslaved people in America, their episodes really have me thinking about what reparations could look like from a colonial lens, you know, you know what I'm saying? But that's a topic for another day. As for the rest of this episode, I hope that it is as valuable to you as it was and has been to me, especially if you have cross-racial friendships. Hi Kaya. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, fine. I don't know. I'm a little tired. Mm. Good overall. Why are you tired? Is it because it's early in the morning? Did I wake you up earlier than you usually wake up? <laughs> no, I woke up at the same time. Well, technically, I kind of slept in a little bit. I slept to like seven twenty. It's my final. I have one final left to hand in. Oh. It's just giving me a hard time. So I'm just stressed. Oh, but I thought I was doing something wrong, but I had it right from the beginning, and so I'm just kind of mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when is it due? Tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Do you feel like you'll you'll be able to turn it in by then? Okay. 
Okay. Oh cool. yeah, I have all the other stuff finished. There was just one section. Mm. Okay. Well, I wish you luck. Also, I'm liking this um cloud tie dye going on with your shirt and your rosy cheeks. It says, "Take, Take a, a hike with me." <laughs> I love that. The with me is in light blue colors so then from far away it looks like you're actually just saying take a hike <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i thought it was funny yeah and i like the color of the mm, i like it it complements your rosy cheeks well <laughs> thanks <laughs> you're welcome um so well, yeah thank you for being here to talk about interracial friendships and we're gonna we're gonna talk about interracial friendships in general but also our friendship because you are white and I am black so yes, we are we're in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we are we have an interracial <laughs> friendship um but the reason I wanted to do this episode was because I was listening to this podcast by or podcast episode by this podcast called Code Switch it's an NPR podcast that discusses race in America and they they bring up this do you know who Chris Rock is yeah okay yeah, <laughs> well they they bring up this this skit or this line that chris rock uses in one of his pieces and he says all my black friends have a bunch of white friends all my white friends have one black friend and that was like kind of the premise of this discussion on why 75 percent of white americans have entirely white networks while I think the statistics was a little lower for white Americans who have mostly white friends. And then on the other hand, black people are eight times more likely to have a white friend, but their networks are pretty homogenous too. And then something else that was interesting was that white Americans and black Americans are the least likely to have cross-racial friendships out of all the races and ethnicities and ethnicities that were used in the study and this is from a study by Robert P. Jones I'll link it in the show notes and then Asians are more likely to have cross-racial friendships and Latinx students were the most likely to have friends of other races if they had friends at all which is a whole other conversation but yeah so I just I thought this was really interesting because I had never thought of the significance of interracial friendships and especially what it means to be in an interracial friendship or cross-racial friendship in America and so yeah can you think of any reasons why those statistics are that way if you have any ideas yeah that's a I guess maybe not surprising but when you like when you said that when you like think about over like that's what like not what i'd expect mm. but it's like i'm trying to think of there's a, a word i'm trying to think of but i can't it's not coming to mind <laughs> i mean it's surprising because you don't i like i didn't know that actual like statistics behind mm. it but when you like think about it it makes sense when like when it makes you think about it makes sense and then it makes you think about your own friend groups and thinking about like other people you know and thinking about their friend groups and how that all relates back to it yeah 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 so I let's do some rapid fire questions before we get into the meat of the discussion so you gotta be on your toes okay <laughs> no okay. I'm kidding I'm kidding it's it's 
it's just casual. I'm just going to ask you some quick questions and you can answer like one word answers. Just try to keep it short. So first, how many black acquaintances slash not close friends do you have? Um, me, wait, acquaintances slash not close. Did you say not close? Yeah. Not close. I don't know exactly. Maybe five or more. Mm. Not close. Okay. Five. How many close black friends do you have? I'd say around three or four. How many black people would be in your wedding party, as in bridesmaids or maid of honor? If you were to have your wedding Probably. today. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel special. For, for, for how close, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mostly because I don't have tons of close friends in general, but. Yeah. Um, do you talk slash have you talked about race with your black friends? I think so, but maybe not like explicitly. Like that was the main. Like you didn't sit down and say. The main conversation like didn't. Yes. Okay. And how many white friends do you have? So this is acquaintances slash not close friends. Okay. Mm. More than five. Ten okay. or more, probably. I don't. Okay. Lots of not close. Okay. And how many close white friends do you have? Four. Four, I think. Okay. How many non black people of color are in your network? And this can be as general as you want to go like people you interact with in class or people you're friends with just non-black people of color i actually don't know if i have any maybe maybe one or two at most Mm, that's interesting um how many times a week do you navigate majority black spaces such as a cookout or a community church or events hosted by for example like the black student union on your campus how frequently i not frequently i know i'm not great yeah definitely not i don't know as much as would probably be good yeah okay awesome well thank you for answering those questions honestly i will be expecting an invite to your wedding in the near future <laughs> <laughs> the near future <laughs> you to get on that one that's funny um okay so now we're gonna get into like the meat of that episode and kind of go more into depth about your answers so first things first tell me about your background where you were raised, by whom, and the demographics of that area. So you can talk about racial or ethnic makeup, and then, I don't know, maybe like political makeup, anything you wanna you wanna touch on. Okay. 
Well, I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania, which is Northwest PA. Um, it's the it's a small city in Pennsylvania, north of Pittsburgh, and I grew up with my parents and also my grandparents. Because at first we lived with my grandparents, my mom and I, and that was a predominantly white neighborhood. And I would visit my when I go to my dad's house. He lived more in the city, and his houses, his parents' houses, were more in predominant not predominantly necessarily people of color but not specifically black is that bad can i say black (laughs) i don't want to say anything offensive i don't want to say it offensively (laughs) yes you can say black okay okay sorry i didn't want to (laughs) yes you can say black just like i can say white okay yeah um, it was predominantly probably black and then Vietnamese it was a very is a very big was a big population at the time in the city from when they fled the from the Vietnam War. Hmm. In the city also a lot of um people from I think some Asian countries, like I know Bhutan Bhutan. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to I don't think I pronounced, but that's a big population in Erie nowadays. Um, but I grew up in predominantly white areas because we lived with my grandparents. And I went to a private school for grade school, and that was also predominantly white. Was that the Catholic Erie, school? I think it's. Yeah, both of my schools were Catholic schools. I'm not Catholic, but my grandparents are. Mm-hmm. Um, but Erie, I think, is predominantly white. But I believe the second biggest population is black. I think I don't I don't know the whole demographic behind yeah. the city, but I think it's. I think it's grown over the years. But then we moved out eventually to the country. <laughs> My mom and I and her boyfriend we moved out to the country and that is full on white. <laughs> I am not a country person. <laughs> but that was also definitely predominantly white, but a whole other kind. It Erie is a mix of politically blue and red. Typically blue leaning, but twenty sixteen it went red, mm. but in this past election, it ended up being blue because of the city. Mm. The city is what's mostly predominantly blue. I live in a different, I live in Erie County, but a different township. Mine was predominantly red because that's how the country is in Erie. It is predominantly red leaning. Yeah. I don't know why, because I even <laughs> live in a technically good school district, but but I would, and then high school, that was, I want to say, predominantly white, but we had a lot of international students, but international students, mostly just from Asian countries, mm-hmm. typically China, that's where most of our international students came from, mm-hmm. almost, and a few I think were from um 
South Korea, yeah. I believe. Yeah. But that was predominantly white. But it was more, had a bit more diversity than my grade school did. But I definitely wasn't, ex- like, not exposed, but I didn't experience as much as I did when I came out here college. for college. Yeah. 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 That's good. Thank you for that background. And um, so I I grew up in Zimbabwe, which is a majority black country. It's an African country. And yet when I was in primary school, most of my friends were actually white. And I went to, uh, just like you, I went to a private school, but ours was previously British owned. Um, we were just, well, not just, but we, we gained independence in 1980. And I think I started school in the early 2000s so just 20 years out of independence and yet the school was still majority white and then I um when I went to high school I also still had lots of white friends but because the school was majority was even more majority black I had lots of black friends so I think the fact that even in a majority black country I would still have majority white friends in primary school and still a couple or a handful of white friends or non-black friends in high school in a majority black country says a lot about what it means to navigate spaces or navigate the school system and interracial friendships as a black person in this world I just I I don't know I just think that's really interesting Um, and something that they said in the Code Switch podcast was that friendship is determined by proximity which makes sense right because if you are not Mm -hmm. in spaces where there are a diverse group of people you are not going to have a diverse group of friends and so I'm curious in your life today do you make active choices to seek out cross-racial friendships and I guess it's difficult in the pandemic but in general have you done that in the past is that something that you think about I'd say it's something that I think about sometimes I definitely started thinking about it more when I got to college Mm. and like realizing how like not how different how um different it actually is compared to like when I was back home yeah but I think over the years I've started thinking about it more and really um taking it into thought when I'm trying to find friends but I've also found now that I'm at Towson my most of my classes the my two two of my classes I only had 10 people there were, I, I don't, there's maybe one or two people of color at most. Mm. So I just found that interesting considering Towson's just such a big university. I, I think it's still majority white, I believe, yeah. but just, I find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But so... I do, I do take, I do think about it. And I think I, I, I try to just consider look at everyone like consider not just going for one not just looking for white friendships Mm, that's interesting um I was gonna say so we went to a predominantly white college a liberal arts college and I remember there were so many times you brought up the the fact that there were only two people of color in your class I there were so many times where I was that one person not only was I the only person of color but I was also well I was the only black person um and in my tennis team I was the only black person I was one of 
two people or three people of color for the three or for two out of the three and a half years that I played. I remember there were classes where I would sit and I could visibly just see the difference. And that was coming from a country that was majority black is it's so that you can just the contrast is just really stark. So that's interesting that you yeah. pointed it out, like you seeing that they're only two, two people of color and I'm like one of those people in most of my classes or I was one of those people in most of my classes. Um, but going back to your, like you said that you, you're making a concerted effort or trying to not only seek out white friendships. I'm wondering, is that something that you do when you were looking for friends when you were younger or before you came to college? Did you ever think, oh, you know, I'm going to meet this girl or I, I want to talk to this girl, but she's white. Was that ever conscious or did you naturally gravitate towards white people? I, I guess I just naturally gravitated towards, I never thought, oh, she's she's white too. I'm going to go be friends with her because as a kid, I, when I was exposed, exposed sounds like a, the wrong word, like I'm not exposed, but like when my parents would bring me places, cause my dad had more diverse group of friends than my mom did. That's just because of, that's because of how my mom, um, where she was, where she grew up and just the people yeah. she ended up being around. That's how it happened. But my dad definitely had more, more a lot more diverse um, friends. So I'd be with like his, the people he knew. I definitely just, I just played or went up and talked to whoever, whoever the kids were around. I don't feel mm. like it wasn't like, and see someone that was white out of the group and like go to them because they were white or anything. If I like went up to them instead, mm. it was yeah. just kind of, I must have just thought, oh, I kid. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And um, yeah, so I think most of it is really subconscious. Even if you don't think that you are picking a white friend because they are white, you, you are doing it because they're white. And I wonder yeah. in your household, in your home, what were the conversations about race like? Because reading these statistics about, you know, 75% of white Americans when the study was taken have entirely white networks. And America is on its way to becoming a majority minority country. So to me, this seems like there's yeah. just an issue that's much deeper than white people just, you know, choosing to be friends with white people, white people only living in um, white neighborhoods I feel like it's more about what's being taught in the home or what kind of like you said you know your mom only had you know predominantly white friends whereas your dad had a more diverse friend group so I'm wondering what those conversations were like in your home if you're comfortable sharing about race specifically yeah honestly I don't know if like we ever even really had much conversation about it for a while and that's just that there should have been more conversation about it mm. but um I with my mom with my grandparents they're more conservative but not they're they're not like they're I'm not big on parties in general but they're demo they're more democrat but they're conservative in the ways of religious conservative yeah. just like that yeah and so they just never they don't talk about it because that's how I feel like a lot of people around that age have always been because of how they grew up. But because of that, because we lived with them for so long, 
that's who I was mostly around. And so they never had those conversations with me. But I'd say my dad, I don't remember anything specifically, but I feel like if I had um, racial conversations with either of my parents, it would have been my dad, just because he was more aware and knowing of the the not problems, but just racial problems but with what's everything that's happening now that was still happening yeah. back then because it's all still happening. It's yeah. just people weren't talking about it mm. if they have been now. But my dad was, my dad knew, my dad knew then. So I feel like I would talk, would have talked to, he would have talked to me about it, but I don't, I don't know if he did. Mm. Yeah. But like outwardly, like specifically to sit down and discuss it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, yeah, obviously you model your life based on what your parents are doing and what they are saying and what you are seeing from them. So I think it's something interesting for, you know, our generation to think about as we grow up and we raise kids is to have explicit conversations. Like if you see that your child is Mm -hmm. in a diverse neighborhood, but they only have friends who are white or they have exclusively black friends because that's also um, an important statistic is that um, black people also have pretty homogenous friend groups um, is to say to them, hey, is there a reason why you are gravitating only towards white people or towards black people? Um, But one of the things that they said in the podcast was that what makes interracial friendships successful is when the people in the friendship talk directly about race. And yeah, they say that uh, interracial friendships are more successful when people in those friendships talk directly about race. And I was reading this book called Big Friendship and it's written by these two best friends or big friends as they call themselves. One of them is white, one of them is black and they said that, um, well, they were quoting someone else um, and the the black friend in the friendship was talking about her experience of having to bring up race or talking about race in their friendship. And she says that if you're a black person in America, odds are if you're going to have an intimate relationship with a white person, the subject of race is going to come up because you're introducing it. And I thought this was really interesting because I don't think we've ever had the conversation about race. I don't think it's because you don't want to have it or because I feel uncomfortable having it. I think it's because one, I was raised in Zimbabwe. I'm not American and race relations there are completely different. And I never felt like I had to have a race conversation with you. But the longer that I'm here and I'm understanding what it means to be black in America, the more I'm realizing that it actually is something that you need to talk about with your friends because you need to know not where they stand, but how they see you as a person. And I want to know that you as my white friend see not, you don't just see me as Mandela, but you see me as like your friend who is also black, who is also Zimbabwean and all these things, because that's an important part of how I move throughout this world. And if I were to tell you, oh, you know, I went to work and someone said something, you know, that was kind of prejudiced. And if you are not aware of the racial injustices that black people face in this country you might gloss over that and say no it's fine they were just I don't know whatever you know so I think now I'm realizing that it's 
yeah. really, really important to have those conversations. But um, before we get into that exactly, when was the first time that you realized that you were white or that race existed as a social construct and as a as a gateway to injustice? That's a good question. Um, probably at the earliest, I'd say eighth grade. Is that high school? So around. Um, I, it was right before high school. I was around 13 or 14, maybe. Mm-hmm. But if it was a little later, it would have been high, high school, which is now late. Do you, know, do you remember but what I, made you realize that? Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it might have been in grade school when, because it was like, it was small and also predominantly white, like I said, and my class didn't have my specific grade. I don't, my, 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 oh, my grade year split up into two classes. So my specific class, I don't think we had any black students in my class until. Mm-hmm seventh or eighth grade so i'd say like when i became friends with her i'd say okay Mm, interesting and was was it like the conversations that y'all were having or just seeing that she moved through the world differently i'd say just seeing how she moved just how it was for her and like she would talk about her Mm. experiences sometimes i'd be like oh that's way different than what I've experienced yeah which of course yeah (laughs) but that's that I don't know for sure if that's when it happened I don't know if I just kind of like if it was yeah no I I get that because I think from what I've heard from black Americans specifically there's always a moment and it's usually much much younger when they realize that I'm black and the connotations of what it means to be black in this country and so I think that also plays a role in um, the statistics that we talked about because if you're only realizing that you're white at at such a late age you're not realizing that there are racial injustices and that black people you know there's this book called why are all the black people sitting in the cafeteria together or something like that and those are real things and if you are when if you're a black child who's like eight or nine years old you've already realized that you're black you're going to group with the other black children because you know that the white people don't see you for everything that you are um and then a follow-up question when was the first time you realized that you were privileged because of your whiteness was it around the same time i i don't know if it was that was probably be more that would probably be more high school, I mm. think. Once I reached high school, just because I still didn't, I didn't understand the. I don't think I understood the full, um, the whole not concept, but that just the fact that that 
I, I knew what it was, but I don't think I fully understood exactly mm. until high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and going back to what I said about the if you're a black person in America and you have a cross-racial friendship, you're the one who's more likely to bring it up. And I think in this case, I, I mean, I'm doing it because I want to do this episode and I don't know when I would have brought it up with you, but... <laughs> Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's usually the black person in the friendship or the minority in the friendship who would bring up the topic of race? Or should I say, or should I ask you why you've never brought it up? So then you can speak from personal experience. That's a good question. I I don't, I honestly don't know why I've never brought it up. Mm. It it never came to mind at a time and I don't know why, because that does seem like a conversation that should be had Mm. had yeah I guess maybe sometimes like maybe it's not knowing how to ask popularly Mm. like what to start off with yeah yeah that makes sense I've I've heard that a lot from people and do you think that that conversation is something that you need to have in friendships or do you think that it depends on the situation like I know after Black Lives Matter last year a lot of not a lot of but the white friends who I do have reached out to me and were like oh you know so sorry that this is happening I'm here for you and all of that and so that would be a moment where when collectively black people are going through something where the white friend would feel inclined to to bring it up but otherwise I don't think that they would have so do you think that it is something that should or a conversation that should be happening in cross-racial friendships yeah I think I think it should it's important it probably should be brought up and not just based off and not just when a whole collective Mm. um like not issue but when something is brought to the forefront like that. Mm. Yeah. But just, yeah. And I think, I think I should. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you were to have a race conversation, like if we were ha- were to have a race conversation, what do you think should be had? Or what do you think should be talked about in that conversation? Is there anything specific? I guess maybe with like speaking from ours, like how the transition for you from Zimbabwe to the U.S. was and how the experiences were different and just how the U.S. had been, how you experienced the U.S. when you first got here all the way up through when you continued to live there. Yeah. But also just the... The, not the difference, but I guess the, not the. Let me re say that because okay. I, I lost my train. Okay. Of thought. I started jumping. <laughs> because your experiences in Zimbabwe from here are probably different. Yeah. With. Um, with how you've been perceived or just like had interactions with people yeah, is probably, 
I would in the U.S. It's probably a different experience. And just your experience, how it was in Zimbabwe to now, or even when you first got to the U.S. Because I'm assuming it's you. It's changed a lot. Yeah. And, or just how you expect it has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So I just think just in general, the whole how you've experienced and how it's like made you felt and think about differently. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And would you want to talk okay. about... I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, and with friends who are let's just say black Americans who didn't come from elsewhere what conversations would you have in in with those people like what would you talk about specifically or what do you think should with be that about? I think it would I think how like they're how they were not raised but just how from childhood to adulthood how that how they like experience each each level stage of life how that's how what they've experienced has like affected them and how it's made Mm. them feel or just learn differently about the world I think that's something that would be yeah important to know about yeah yeah and uh I want to go back to two things that you said earlier um first you said that the reason why people don't or the white person in a a cross-racial relationship wouldn't bring up the race conversation first is because they usually don't know or you won't know how to bring it up um do you don't you feel like it's better to just say the wrong thing with a friend and say you know accept that you could make a mistake than just sitting on your hands and keeping quiet about it that's yeah I think because then they can help teach you and then you'll learn from the mistake and I think I feel like if they're friends oh a mistake like miswording something Mm. um I think a friend would be better to have that talk with and they would just be able to lead you Mm. how to not make that mistake yeah yeah and then you, there was this moment where you were hesitant to say the word black. Have you never said the word black before? <laughs> why, why would you I think have, that it was, it was bad? I, just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to just not describe or like say, I just don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to offend, which is what you always hear. I don't want to offend by saying the wrong thing yeah so it's always I don't know I guess I just never want to say the wrong way like that person wants or people want who they are to be like described incorrectly Mm. okay well (laughs) well you should know that saying black is is definitely not bad just like how you would say like latina or um white it's it's just the way that people are described in society but I think that says a lot about kind of how you maybe view race and I get this like very hesitant approach to it which is you don't want to say anything wrong but I think it would benefit you and other people and also in an interracial friendship as I said earlier like it's better to 
make a mistake mm-hmm. and to outright say something than, than to sit on your hands because if you like if you had said that to someone or if, if that moment had happened with someone else who's like a stranger I bet that would have been <laughs> really uncomfortable for them but I you know I I know your background sure and I <laughs> I know that you didn't mean <laughs> any harm by saying that but don't worry saying black is not bad um it is okay. it's, it's who I am um how do you think that you could be more intentional about first of all recognizing race and how it plays a role in your friendships and then also seeking out friendships that are friendships with non-white people or friendships with black people and non-black people of color for the i'll start with the second question for that one i think making better intentions to like attend events that you know that are going to be more diverse or centered around um what's the word I can't think of the, I can't think of the word that I was looking for. Just events where that are in that are intended for um, in, inclusive mm-hmm. events that you know are gonna have um, more people and more people of <clears throat> more people of color. So then it's not just like you don't feel like that it's just for white people and just yeah. white people are gonna attend mm. and also with um I would say with classes since I'm in school but you can't you can't pick who's gonna going to be in your yeah. classes yeah but I think <laughs> I think just to, like with whenever you find out who in, is in your class just like making the efforts like if you think you would be if you think you would be able to like have a friendship with someone just like making the effort to yeah. try yeah and can you repeat the first question again um how can you be more intentional about acknowledging the way that race plays a role in your friendships i think having the conversations like you discussed is an important one because it is it's part of the friendship it's not yeah. just like Friendships aren't just surface level, just based off like few things you like. Yeah. So I think that is important, especially to create like a more, to create a stronger friendship Mm. through the discussions. And also, um, I think just um, intentionally taking, taking, making the intent, I've forgotten how to word stuff. Wow, grad school is running you dry. (laughs) In my defense, I've mostly been doing science stuff, so I don't have to do a lot of wordy writing things. (laughs) Um, Taking, taking, making the effort, making the effort and actually doing learning going and learning about 
the past history is an important one to learn about and just the history and the now mm. and like make maybe seeking out like books or good podcasts or any people that you might know just to learn to learn more about learning about collective experiences is also important because I know it's not the exact same for individuals but there have like there are collective events that are important to learn about so like seeking information and knowledge Mm, yeah about yeah their about their past or just what yes yeah and there before I try to think of any other (laughs) that's so funny but yeah um you said something all of your points were really really great but you said something that I they also talked about in the podcast and another podcast I was listening to which is that if you are seeking cross-racial or interracial friendships don't bond over the fact that that person that you're talking to is black because that's not what makes friendship successful so if you like I don't know if you like crocheting and you go to a go to crocheting events knowing that they're inclusive as you were saying then bond over crocheting with Mm -hmm. someone who is not white you know that their non-whiteness or their blackness shouldn't be the only thing that draws you to them so yeah so just wanted to put that out there for anyone who is white or looking to or anyone even black people who are looking um for cross-racial friendships yeah, so um, let's do a temperature check at the tail end of this episode. How are you feeling? How was the conversation? Was anything challenging? Because I know you were nervous in the beginning <laughs> to have this conversation. <laughs> well, you were like, tell me all about it. I was like, okay. I, just, I, feel, I feel good. And it's, I know it's good to talk about. And I know I don't even talk about it in my regular life as much as I should. Yeah. And that's because... I'm just I'm still learning and I'm trying to and I only really started making the conversations when I got to college which is very late and I recognize that and Goucher being predominantly white I learned in a few of my classes that's where I really started like Mm. realize not realizing it but having more discussions and seeing the importance of having discussions with people or your friends that are um, people of color that's just I forgot where I started that sentence but overall good that's what it was (laughs) not as it was uncomfortable but a a good uncomfortable and uncomfortable that's gonna happen when you have these kind of of conversations Mm. yeah that's (laughs) yeah you're like I'm gonna stop talking now (laughs) But yeah, um, <laughs> I forgot. I had forgot where you Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having this conversation with me. I I was telling you earlier, and just for the listeners, I tried to have this conversation with someone else, another white friend of mine, but it didn't go as well. And I think that's the thing with conversations about race is that they expose a lot of like cracks in your friendships and where you can work and maybe sometimes you have to drop that friend and sometimes it's worth having those conversations and I think even outside uh, the scope of friendship we should be having these conversations anyway with 
anyone we meet our peers our classmates strangers like these are conversations that should be happening more openly especially in the time that we're living in um yeah thank you so much kaya thanks for having me all right listeners thanks so much for spending some of your precious time with me throughout this episode as always don't forget to subscribe share with a friend and rate and review on apple podcasts follow and other things on instagram at and other things potty for more valuable content this podcast was written hosted and produced by me have a most magnificent day Thank you.